0: He is broken, so we can be whole. It's a reality of life that things break, isn't it? I don't know whether you've ever seen a TV program where uh, somebody takes an old dilapidated building and does it up. They're sort of makeover programs. I've seen a few of them. Uh, I was watching one a few weeks ago where they, uh, a couple wanted to buy a really run-down old property in Spain. And they were somewhere in southern Spain, and they'd found this probably on the top of a hill with fantastic views. But these buildings were incredibly old and dilapidated and looked as if, you know, if you sneezed, they would just fall down. It was that they were that poor. And uh, they just wanted to take these buildings and renovate them and uh, create uh, a sort of bed-and-breakfast holiday place up in the hills in Spain. And uh, I just looked at it and thought, goodness me, why would you want to take on a project like that? And often when you watch these programs, uh, it is uh, guys of my age and a bit older who sort of coming up to retirement age and think, I need a project. And, uh, and they, they kind of buy the most dilapidated property they can find, and then they do it up. in Months and months and months of sweat and blood and tears and, and loads and loads of money. Uh, and then they eventually they create their wonderful dream house out of this old rundown thing that was no good to anybody. This total renovation that you see unfold over the next year or two as the TV uh, cameras follow them. And it's the sort of thing that I can personally live without, I think. I don't want uh, a project at my stage of my life. I've never really wanted a project like that at any stage of my life. (laughs) Um, And uh, really, some of these properties, you kind of wouldn't want to touch with a barge pole. But here's a good example of a before and after. That's quite a transformation, isn't it, really? Uh, That, you know, before you've got this small thing and then after this uh, expanded property. And uh, it's that kind of renovation, or even more than that, that Jesus does. We, we are broken, we are broken people, but Jesus comes to make us whole, and this incredible renovation process begins at the cross, and continues through until the moment that Jesus returns, and that is the point at which this renovation project is complete. Because he is broken, we can be whole. Because he is broken, we can be whole. Because when people fall into disrepair, when people are broken, it is a lot more complicated than broken houses, bricks and mortar. Uh, That's relatively easy to patch up and to make good. But when people's lives are broken, that is far more complex. When our bodies are broken or our minds, our emotions are broken, when we're spiritually broken, it takes far more than a kind of quick makeover to sort it out. It is the sort of thing that God himself specializes in. He specializes in taking broken people and making them whole. And you can't just uh, say, well, this person's mind is broken, so we'll just kind of get another spare part, like a car, you know, spare part in a car, and sort of plug it in where the old brokenness has been. Take that part out and put something else in place. It is far more, far more complex. But fortunately, God specializes in renovation work. He specializes in the ultimate makeover for our lives, And so the very reason that Jesus came to die on the cross is so that we could be whole. It starts here. It starts with the cross. It continues all the way through to when Jesus returns. We catch a glimpse of how we can be whole even here and now. We are living between the tension of the cross and the second coming when the whole renovation will be completed. And in some ways, we capture and, and, and catch something of the wholeness that Jesus has come to bring. Our lives are not perfect. We're still living between the tension of the cross and the second coming when it will all be made good. But we can catch a glimpse of it now. We get a foretaste of what that wholeness is like. We, as we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we do understand something of that wholeness that he has come to bring, which we will one day enjoy in all its fullness. And so this idea of uh, Jesus being broken for us so that we can become whole runs all the way through Jesus' ministry. Firstly, He restores the broken. That's underlined in his manifesto. It's underlined in his manifesto. I don't know how many of you or how many of us saw the debate last night with the politicians. I didn't see it, but I understand all seven uh, party leaders were debating. Uh, they're all trying to promise or outpromise one another on what they're going to do if they win the next election. And so they've all got manifestos, or I assume they have now. They've all got promises that they're actually stating, this is what we'll do if we come into government. Well, Jesus had a manifesto. His manifesto was written some 700 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah and Jesus uh, in in his early days of his ministry goes to the synagogue and uh, they say come and read the scripture to us and so he stands up, it's recorded in Luke 4, 16 to 19 and it says this, on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. From the very outset, Jesus is saying, I have come to help those who are broken. I've come to help those who are poor, who are oppressed, who are captives, who are ill and sick. I've come to take their brokenness and give them hope of wholeness. That was his manifesto. He set it out at the very beginning of his ministry. Restoring the broken was also symbolized at the, Lord's, at the last supper, at that meal that he shared with his disciples. Mark 14, verse 22 tells us, while they were eating Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take it, this is my body. We watched John earlier just take that loaf and pull it apart and tear it into four sections and we all shared the one loaf together, the, the one piece of bread representing his body broken for us. Often when we come to the Lord's Supper or communion or whatever we call it, uh, we say, this is my body broken for you, his body broken for you. We reenact the Last Supper. It reminds us that Jesus' body was broken, but he's also present with us by his spirit. We're not just remembering a historical event from 2,000 years ago, but we're remembering that as we break the bread, he is also with us right now by his spirit. And so we say the body of Christ, broken for you. It reminds us that this sacrifice is effective for us now in our generation. It has been effective for every generation because he continues to live by his spirit. And so it's true to say he is broken and his brokenness continues to offer us wholeness. Thirdly, restoring the broken was demonstrated in Jesus' death. In another great passage from the book of Isaiah, we read this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And that word healed means that we are made whole. It means not just physical healing, it means we are made whole in every sense, emotionally and spiritually, and in every sense we are made whole because of what he has done on the cross. So he died on the cross so that our brokenness could be replaced by his wholeness. So we have... Things in our lives which are broken, like relationships, like our bodies, like emotions, like our family, and Jesus comes and He takes this and He offers us wholeness instead of that brokenness. We have brokenness in our homes uh, and in our friendships, and He comes and takes those things and offers us wholeness. He shows us the way that we can be offering forgiveness to one another when our relationships are broken. Uh, maybe a uh, relationship in the home or in, in, in the workplace. We, he comes to show us how uh, f- forgiveness works. I have a friend who uh, was working in a hospital, a private hospital, and uh, he, he had this kind of, you know, broken relationship at work. and he, And he said... You know, I had this, this woman that I was working with. I just couldn't stand the woman. I just didn't, you know, couldn't connect with her, relate to her at all. She was always winding me up, rub, rubbing me up the wrong way. And in the end, he thought, I- I'm a Christian. I better pray about this relationship at work, which is broken. And so he started to pray about it. And he he found that over a period of the next few weeks, his relationship with this woman began to change. His attitude began to change towards her. And then somehow her attitude changed towards him, and they ended up being really good work colleagues. Now, he hasn't invited her to tea. Uh, She's probably not on his Christmas uh, card list. But the relationship was built and restored to some extent. We, we We don't live in perfection. We're between the cross and the second coming, but we see a glimpse of what can happen when Christ is invited into the middle of our brokenness. Our bodies, uh, sometimes people get healed in this life. We don't have to wait necessarily for Jesus to return before our bodies are healed, but God doesn't always seem to come through with that healing process. But there is that hope. There is that possibility that we can be made whole. Some of us have problems with our neighbours, Uh, And there's a brokenness there. Some have brokenness in their minds and uh, looking for healing there. And sometimes God brings that healing. Uh, Our health is another issue. Uh, Some of the things that uh, happen in our bodies, we think, I can't explain it. We don't know where God is sometimes. But sometimes the, the reality of the future breaks into the present and we see healing. Same with our emotions. There are all sorts of things that tear us apart emotionally, but we can come to Jesus for healing. He has come so that our brokenness can be made whole. And that will ultimately happen when he returns and it will be a wonderful moment. But even now we can see glimpses of that wholeness breaking in. But it doesn't stop there. Because we are broken, others can be made whole. Even our brokenness has a positive impact on other people because when we share our brokenness, it opens up the way powerfully for healing. When somebody stands up here, as Franca did on Sunday, and says, this is my story, this is how I came to faith in Christ, this was my journey, there are other people listening to that and thinking, well, if God can do it for her, maybe God can do it for me. As she shared her brokenness, as she shared her weaknesses, and the journey she went on, other people would have been sitting in this room thinking, maybe God can do that for me as well. Someone once said, We never know when a doubting Thomas will believe by touching our scars. Never regret or curse the very things that God will use to show his love through us. Bruised, proven and precious. The wounds that scarred Jesus' body were not removed after the resurrection. After the resurrection, those wounds were still there in his body to remind us of what he'd been through. But as Thomas, doubting Thomas, touches those wounds, he realises there's a transformation that happens. He realises that Jesus is risen from the dead. Up until that point, he's been totally sceptical about it. But as he touches the wounds, he goes from being the sceptic to being the believer. My Lord and my God. How often when we've been broken in our lives do we wish uh, to return to our undamaged condition and yet somehow God uses the wounds that we still carry in us, whether they're emotional or physical or mental, whatever they are, he uses those wounds so that we can share our weakness with other people. We can allow other people to touch those sensitive places in our lives because they themselves also might find healing and wholeness. Isn't that wonderful? That God takes our brokenness and allows other people to find wholeness because of our brokenness. If you know that you're broken in some way, that the trials of life have left you in need of a serious makeover, real renovation, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. It starts here. The renovation starts here. He is the specialist in human makeovers. No one else can offer you a fresh start in the way that he can. No one else can restore damaged people. No one else can take our brokenness and make it work for the wholeness of other people. Jesus knows our pain and he's been here and he's done it. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And so he doesn't just die on a cross and then disappear for a few thousand years and then suddenly reappear uh, at the second coming. He ascended into heaven and he is with us by his spirit. And so the very things that cause us pain, the brokenness we experience, he is alongside us by the power of the spirit all the way through until he returns. He has been here, he's done it, he understands what we're going through. So if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, or if you do have a personal relationship with Jesus, what I'd like us to do in a moment is just to stand together and pray and reaffirm our faith in Jesus. Thank him for his brokenness that we might be whole. And if you don't, as uh, at the moment, you wouldn't say, "I'm, I'm definitely a Christian. Well, make this a prayer, a moment when you make that commitment to follow him. So let's stand together and let's pray this prayer together out loud. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love broken people. Thank you that you know me and love me just as I am. Thank you that you came to die for my sins and to restore my life. Thank you that you rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven. I give my life to you now, and ask that you would make me whole, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and help me to follow you and make you Lord of my life. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just keep our eyes closed for a moment. I just want to to give anybody that's just prayed that prayer, really, really for the first time, you've never really made that commitment to follow Christ before and say, Lord, make me whole, uh, if that's you this morning, just want you to put your hand up just to acknowledge that before God and say, Lord, this morning I am stepping towards you. I'm stepping forwards in my faith. So just put your hand up now if that's you. Just, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else just to acknowledge that's where you are. Just to give that opportunity. Lord, thank you so much for... Hearing our prayers, we've prayed it out loud together. Thank you that you've, you've heard the prayer of at least one person here this morning who's saying, I just want to make that step now and ask and invite Jesus in to make me whole where I'm broken. And so, Lord, I pray for that. The, the, the one person that's that definitely responded this morning, maybe there are others in their hearts saying the same thing, but Lord, we pray that you would, we would invite you in. We w- want to thank you again for what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, we uh, perhaps don't entirely fully, fully understand everything you've done for us on the cross, but we think we understand enough to make that step of faith to say, Lord, I'm trusting my life with you. And so we pray for one another that you would help us to keep trusting in you and to know that we walk with you by the Spirit, even through all the brokenness of our lives, sometimes seeing glimpses of that wholeness. But Lord, there will be a time when we see you face to face and we will be whole in every sense. No more pain, no more crying, uh, just wholeness in a way that we can never experience in this life. And so Lord, we thank you for your commitment to us in Jesus' name. Amen.